0: Good evening everyone and welcome to episode 10 of Chalk Talk, we've got a special one tonight with it being the 10th episode, um, we hope you're ready and if you're listening in at home please get your questions in to microbreweradio.com, our guest tonight is Jack the Wonder Whelan. That applause is just for you Jack, uh, how are you oh, feeling? Are you okay? nice intro. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good here mate, we like to make people happy, So oh. how are you feeling, you okay? yeah good mate yeah just really hot yeah it's a bit warm it is a bit warm but we'll uh you know this will fly and you'll hopefully enjoy yourself and uh then you can go and cool down after mm-hmm. um no it's amazing to have you on the show um as I said to you just before we started there was certain kind of names I, I wanted on the show when I started um yours being one of them as, as well as a few others so it's it's excellent for the show and hopefully it's excellent for yourself as well um what we'll do in terms of starting, I'm, I'm intrigued to know just, you know, how you first originally got into pool and how it kind of kickstarted everything from there.
1: So basically, when I was about uh, 10 or 11 years old, my parents um, had um, a double garage on the house that we lived in. So I got like a table from Argos, um, like a fold just a cheap thing, really. Uh, I played on that for a couple of years. Then my parents ended up buying a pub when i was around 13 i'd say and that's when i started playing properly um so yeah the the pub that we that mom and dad got they had two tables in there so one was for the match table um and, and my table really and the other table was for like the public so i was lucky enough to have a, a good table re- to play on at a young age yeah, and, of course and obviously because i lived there I, I just used to play every hour god sends really
0: no that's good um it obviously worked wonders at the time um, from such a young age to be playing. Um, at what point, kind of when you started, did you realise that you had this ability um, just, just to be this good?
1: Um, I'm, not, I'm not too sure, really. That's a tough one. I think that when I played, when I was like 15, I, I used to play, obviously, all the county and England set up and all that sort of stuff. But when I was 17, I won a big event. Um, it was called the Oracle Super Tour at the time. It was formerly known as the Gangsters Pool Tour and literally all of the best players in in the world really played it down to like um, Mikhil, Darren Appleton, Gareth Potts, Chris Mellon. And I I actually beat Chris Mellon in the final of it. Um, So I was lucky enough to get a start. So what it was, the the tournament was based on like a a ranking sort of event. And uh, when you're the the lowest, you get a plus two start. So I I got a plus two uh, start to eight um, in my matches against like the higher ranked players, but obviously I was only seventeen then, so I could play, but I wasn't great. I didn't think I was great anyway. Uh, but obviously I, I did okay, and I managed to win the event. So that was like the first real time that I thought, right, I can obviously I can play this game because I know these guys are giving me a two start to to eight. But at the end of the day, I'm I've still got to win six frames against them, and they were all like big full time professionals then.
0: Yeah, you still had to get over the line. I mean, can you remember what the score was in the final versus Chris? I can't. Um, talking sixteen
1: years ago now, <laughs> um, it wasn't close. Close. I think maybe eight four, eight five. So it was sort of level pegging, really. I, I mean, I might have just nicked the match off levels.
0: Yeah, I mean, even even so, to to get over the line, as you say, in in, in the first place, is is good enough, especially at the age of seventeen. Um, yeah. and against some massive names. So, yeah, very well done. Um, in 2015, you became World Black Ball Champion. I mean, yeah. that was still relatively a young age um, that you were at. How, how did that feel?
1: Yeah, obviously, it was like a dream come true. And when you, when you start out, you just want to be the world champion, whatever sport you do, whether it's little or large, and obviously playing. And I was a professional player then. Well, I wasn't actually. I was, I actually won it as an amateur. But I was a professional player, um, and I think that going into the World Championships, you sort of everyone's got a hope that, but somebody's got to win it at the end of the day. And uh, lucky enough for me, that week um, I managed to I managed to come good for the week.
0: Yeah, Scott, do you do you remember that kind of run well? Do you remember who you beat in the final? And
1: yeah, I remember. Uh, well, obviously, I beat Jason Twist in the final. God bless him. Like, uh, obviously, it was a it was a shock to everybody in passing a couple of weeks ago. And I remember it like yesterday, what he said to me after I won and it's quite emotional, really. Um, Not that he was a real close friend of mine, but uh, I remember what he said to me and I won't repeat it anyway, but he, he basically gave me some words and said like, look, this is what you like. You've, you basically got the world at your feet sort of thing. And yeah, yeah, it
0: was obviously a,
1: it was a, a big shock to everybody, but, Yeah, I beat Jason in the final.
0: Yeah, yeah, fair play. Um, Yeah, very well respected, obviously Jason within the pool scene. um, And very, very sad news. We'll go into. Well, going on from that,
1: I I sort of knew um, going into the quarterfinals. um, I said to my partner then, but my wife now, that I was going to win it. So when I when we woke up um, in Sheffield. Um, I, I, it was a funny story actually at the time um,
0: You told me you had no funny stories Jack, <laughs> don't
1: do well, this it, Well you. <laughs> it's not really a funny story actually, it could actually get me in a bit of trouble oh. But it's okay now Because we're married <laughs> But um, My wife at the time come to see me Play um, And obviously she said she was going out to, With her mates in Sheffield And she didn't, she come to me um, And watch me play And obviously when I won in the final Obviously all the cameras were on her And I'm best friends with her brother so, obviously, all of her family are watching it as well. And then, obviously, my wife's sitting there watching, <laughs> watching. And it was a bit of a, a strange one. But when we woke up on the, the morning of the quarterfinals, I said to her, she goes, oh, you, you're all out.'" Right? And I said, yeah, I'm going to win. Like, I knew I had that feeling that it was sort of my time. And I, I was breaking too well, really. And I, I feel that when, obviously, you, your confidence is there and you're breaking the balls how you, you can, then I feel like obviously I've got a, I've got a game to match anybody really.
0: Yeah, that's uh, yeah that's fair play. Um, on to last year, you obviously won the the ultimate pool pro cup um, towards yeah. the back end of 2022, which again is a great achievement. You beat Sean Story in the final, not an easy opponent at all. Um, obviously, you've been playing a while at a high level, but what were the kind of nerves like going into that final, knowing it was on telly televised in front of so many people?
1: I think that winning the pro cup was probably my biggest win. I know, obviously, I won the world championships in 2015, but for me, I feel that the Pro Cup's the biggest event that maybe I could probably say in English eight-ball history, really, because it's the only one that, as far as I'm aware, and I, I, I'm not, I can't guarantee when I say this, but I'm, I'm sure it's the only one that's been televised live on a on a premium, obviously BT Sport, mm-hmm. and it was live. So, like for me, I, I, it felt bigger for me winning that event and and if you were to say would you rather be the world champion again or would you rather win the pro cup I would probably pick the pro cup just because how stacked the field was and obviously you're playing on live tv so it doesn't get any
0: bigger than that no yeah you're right there The, the the opponents you're coming up against um and as you say televised it's it's added pressure and it's an unbelievable achievement I mean I watched some of it, if not most of it, um, at the time I was working from home, and I, I mean, I, you didn't miss much, like at all. Which is, I mean, yeah, there, there are players that don't miss much, but when you're doing it on telly, on the biggest stage, consistently, it,
1: I think, I think the, the the biggest players that play play, they'd rather play on TV, and I feel like when we are playing on TV, you feel more comfortable. I know people might be watching, thinking, "Oh no, like how is he doing that?" But when you it's like when you look at the snooker players, for example, and you see Ronnie. Mm-hmm. Would he rather be playing on the TV table? Well, obviously he only plays on TV table. Would you rather be playing at the Crucible in the World Final or, or a qualifiers in in a swimming center? You know what I mean, it's it's obvious where you want to be, and when the biggest players in the world, they want to be obviously on the main stage with everybody watching, and that's that's where I'm at with it. Really, I, I'd much rather be playing on the TV table one
0: rather than table seventeen in the corner. Yeah, no, that's actually actually an interesting way to view it and it, it makes perfect sense. Um, as you say, when you're when you're at the top of the game, yeah, you probably do want to be um kind of in the limelight on the T V. It's it makes perfect sense. Um mm-hmm. how does it feel obviously watching the ultimate Portal on the telly, there's, there's myself and many other players that watch it, but how does it feel knowing that there are the kind of the youthful generation that are coming through? Um they're watching, they're picking up tips, you know, does that give you a good sense of kind of pride?
1: Uh, Yes. And maybe no, a little bit. I don't, I'm not really sure. I think that the way that uh, the game's gone over the last like, maybe five years is a case of if I think you sort of get tarnished a little bit now for being at a certain level. Whereas, obviously, before, when I was a youngster, I had to pay to play in tournaments I could never, ever win. Now it's all, you can't play in this if you're a pro. You're not allowed to play in this if you're a Category 2 player. This is a a C-standard competition. And it's like, hold on a minute. Like, when I was a kid and I was able to pay my 10 and £20 to play, I could never win a match. Never mind having to, like oh, I can only play in this event because you're a junior. and you're... Obviously, I get the age category, but when it's ability category, I think it's wrong. And I think the only thing that's going to hold people back in the the new generation moving forward is they're only playing against a standard of player that they used to. And when they come up against a better player, they'll just completely fold. And, uh, and I, I think that in a way it's wrong, but I hope that the younger players around do see that and and think, right, well, I need to better myself. I need to play with better players. I need to test myself because otherwise you, you, you're you not going to grow it in, in uh, any sort of standard at all. Like today, for example, I went and played Dave Gilbert at snooker and look, I was picking the balls out for the for the most part of the day. But I would go and play again tomorrow for another five hours, six hours because me, me watching and learning is more important than... than just thinking, oh well, I can't play Dave. Let me go and play my mate who I can I can hammer all day. There's no point in that for me. I'd much rather play somebody that can actually test you.
0: Yeah, that's a yeah, it's a great way of looking at it. Is it is it frustrating knowing that you can't enter most of these competitions just because of how good you are? I mean, regardless of how good you are, you still love the sport and you still want to play it, surely.
1: Well, yeah, when it comes to a point where like you're a full time player like like I am, like. I obviously I've got a calendar that I, I stick to and I try and get out as much as I can and play as much as I can. But there is events happening locally that you're not allowed in. And even around the Midlands that you're not allowed in and you think, what? Well, there's players in it that should be pro that are not officially pro. And then you are classed as a pro. I get that there's a different level of pro as well. Someone that plays that's qualified at 64 isn't the same level as someone that's in the top six and top eight. But I feel like it should be Everybody can play every event, but if you're a professional, you have to start on a handicap. And look, I, I'm happy to play on a handicap and start minus two or three nil no down. I'd rather play and, and lose than not play at all, because at least I've had a chance to earn some money.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah, makes complete sense. Um, we're just going to move on. Obviously, you, you've, you've played abroad, you've played in China. What's you know What's that experience like?
1: It's, uh, it's something that, um, it's hard really to explain how, how good it is. I think the only people that could really like, obviously if you've been, you, you'll understand what I'm saying, but I think any English pool player that was to go over and snooker player that hasn't been abroad to play in China before would like, it's a completely different kettle of fish, even down to like the time zones of food, everything about the whole plate, the country as a whole is completely opposite to the UK. So it's, it's, everything about it's hard. Never mind the game that you're playing is not what you're used to. The queue that you're playing with not what you're used to. It's, it's just a complete... Um, it's, it's upside down for, for what we're used to. But look, at the end of the day, you've got to put yourself in positions that you might be out of your comfort zone, but to better yourself, you've got to try and, and play in these events and, and to look, potentially change your life in one week. You can, if you have a good run, you know, you can, you can really change your life.
0: Yeah, and what kind of opportunities came through, you know, playing abroad?
1: Um, luckily for me, like I've, I've, um, I've just signed a deal with um, Joy, so the the main company in China. I've just signed a contract with them um, for three years. So I'll be going out to China maybe five or six times a year now, oh, moving forward per year at least. Uh, maybe more if I want to um but yeah it's like I, I've known obviously I've been to China five or six times so I, I knew the guys anyway so it was um it was a good it was good for me to to get something in, in on paper and and now have to go more often I know it's it's not ideal being away from I've got a young family and it, it's hard but at the end of the day I've got to focus on uh, my my career and I've got to try and basically earn 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 a living. So me being away in China, yeah, it's not ideal, but it's it,
0: it beats getting up at
1: five o'clock in the morning.
0: Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's your career at the end of the day, and it's an opportunity that I mean, you, you'd never say no to. It's not it's not like it's a bad it's a completely bad thing, as you say. Um, yeah, amazing country. I mean, is how many people go over from? from England do you do you kind of go together or do you go alone or
1: um this event uh that I'm going to next Tuesday I'm actually going on my own so well I'm flying on my own should I say um and it's around 30 hours to get there as well Yeah, it's a long one it's free planes to get there so it's a long one but uh, Mick Hill's going to it um Jordan Shepard's going to it there is a few pro- few English eight ball professionals going to it
0: Okay that's good. Um so yeah at least you'll you'll know people when you're there that's that's yeah. very good. So you had dinner with a with a very special snooker player as well I think I believe you mentioned to me. Um, yeah yeah to the first ever time I
1: went happened. to the Masters um it was 2017 so it was the first ever time really I, I I've been I qualified to go to to China and play in the Masters so I've I've turned up at the airport on my own never been before didn't really know what was going on and um and Gareth Potts was on the same flight as me, and now we're we're actually really good friends now. Uh, but at the time, we didn't know each other, so it was a case of like he sees me at the airport. And he goes, "Oh, you're right, Jack." So we spoke, and he said, "Look, come and meet me in Dubai, and I can sign you into the lounge because was, he was like business class and that." So he signed me in, and we spoke for like two or three hours. Then when we got to China, we spoke for another like two or three. Well, we were there for two weeks together, really, and um, it was only it was only because. I was actually getting married. Um, two days after, I flew back on the 17th, and I got married on the 21st. So I was back in the country for two days, and that was the Masters that Gaz won. Um, so obviously, because we got pre- like quite pally really there, uh, one of one of the first or I think it was the second or third evening, he says, "Oh, we're going to go to dinner in the restaurant if you'd like to come." And I said, "Yeah, no problem." So we've gone in the restaurant, and Stephen Hendry's sitting there. So it was me, Gaz, and Stephen Hendry. And obviously, at that point, I, I was I was obviously a world champion the year before. But for me, even sort of Gaz was like the the biggest star in the U, in UK eight ball then. Um, that I that I didn't actually know. So for me, it was like like this is mad. Really, even sitting having dinner with him, and then Hendry being there as well. It was like. Like what am I? What I'm actually doing here? What am I? Like how has this actually happened? But Lucky is a really like genuine down to earth guy, and it was a it was a good experience for me uh, sitting. Obviously, Gaz and Henry knew each other quite well because they were both ambassadors mm-hmm. for the Joy, so they've travelled together quite a lot. But I'd never I never met Stephen before, so it was good to have a chat with him. And he was asking me about English pool, and it, well, I was speaking to him about the snooker, and was speaking about Chinese pool, and we had a, it was a good evening. And it was a good experience, and it was one of them sort of things you can t- sort of tell the grandkids really, because Stephen Endry is a legend, isn't he? In anybody's, if you know Q sports, then you know Stephen Endry, yeah. and it, and he's a legend. And it was a it was a good experience for me to do that. And he probably won't even remember me, but I like that's something that I could take away, and and I, and I remember, um, I can remember it like it was yesterday.
0: Yeah, it's an unbelievable experience. I can imagine um, sitting with Stephen Endry, having having dinner. Um, I'm sure he was, you know, was he giving you kind of any tips or anything for the for the future or?
1: No, not really. No, we was just generally talking. He doesn't really play Chinese pool. Mm-hmm. He was just an ambassador for them, and um, he, he wasn't really talking too much about anything like that. It was just general, like, what do you do? What do you, like, what have you won? Like, obviously, he doesn't really know it, about English eight ball, and but we were just generally talking, really. So it was just a, a like three normal guys around the table having a chat.
0: Yeah that's that is good that is good. Um in terms of the sponsorship how did how did that come about was that something that came through your your social content or No
1: um so I think that Joy want to um the the signing international players basically and um long story short they want to try and develop the game internationally over just being in China obviously with us now coming out of lockdown there's no restrictions or quarantines uh people can fly in and out as they please so um they, they are signing a lot of players and there is a few English eight ball players top English eight ball players as well that have signed to them and I think that they want people to challenge the Chinese players
0: okay yep no that's uh, that's fair enough and but well done on that on that sponsorship as well yeah thank um, you. and good luck for every time you go over there as well
1: yeah, yeah. I look it's it's one of them things you sort of like it, it, it's is it's hard to think about going away for 16 or 17 days away from your family. But like I say, you've just got to try and keep your head down and, and, and try and do what you think's right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good way to put it. Um, I'm just going to run you through uh, just a message we had here off uh, Rob Chambers, who obviously, you know, uh, from here in Burton. He's, uh, he just wanted me to say to you that um, your wedding is still the best one he's been to. (laughs) Um, and in his opinion your achievements what makes your achievements bigger than most others is he knows how much you've had to graft off uh, off working obviously seven days a week juggling a young family and doing the pool to still achieve what you've achieved um, he says you deserve every success
1: yeah yeah it's not been it's not been easy like no, I'm not saying I'm hard done by but any stretch of the imagination like my family supported me a lot over the years and I wouldn't be able to do it without them and I feel like for me to to achieve what I have, I have been grateful really, and it it's one of the things that you could you could see big players that never win an event, and for me to win what I've won is is like I could I could not play again and still be happy, but I know I've got a lot more to give, and I think that playing full time now and practicing more than I've ever really played ever in the last year, I say is going to keep me in good stead and. Although the standard is ridiculously high at the minute, I, I feel that when when everything clicks into place on whichever weekend it will be, I'll for sure win big, uh, major events again.
0: Yeah, I, I believe you can as well. Um, we've had a couple of questions in. Uh, I, know, I know I spoke to you kind of pre-show about them, but I am going to ask you them. Um, thank you for the questions, guys. The first one is from a uh, Bronny Ward. Yeah. Okay, and they've asked... Do you find that the time you put into creating content, um, you know, your editing, you're shooting, is taking you away from achieving more consistently in competitions? Um,
1: I'd probably say no, just because the fact that I'm actually playing more now than I've ever played. Um, so I'm actually giving myself more of a chance because I'm not working. It's giving me that time to be able to video, edit, all that sort of stuff. But I do try and plan days around editing. I don't like waste any time. So for example, if I was going to edit videos, I would like do it when I was in bed at night. Or if I was going to film, I'd film on one day and get like five or six videos for the week or for the next two weeks. Like for example, when I go to China, I'm going to have like 10 videos in my phone ready to go. So when I'm in China, I don't have to worry about making content because I've already got it on my phone. And then I'll like edit it on when I'm on the plane. So I've got basically a day to get through all my videos and make sure everything's right. So then when I post them, I can just post them every day, day and a half, two days, or whatever I, I want to do, really. So I'd say, no, not really. It doesn't really affect me. And I think, if anything, it's actually helped me because it's helped me focus more on other things. So, for example, like now I'm trying to build a brand. I've got a big social media following that I'm trying to build so before it was just a case of turn up to a tournament I lost I'd go home go back to work not do nothing have whereas now I'm getting other avenues I'm getting other revenue streams so I'm making like other revenues from social media that I never had before so which I wouldn't be able to do if I, I didn't have the time to do it so I think although the question would probably see people saying yes I would say it's for me, it's completely the opposite. And I, I think I've played more now than I've ever played before. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, uh, thank you for that answer. It's a good answer. And thank you for the question, Bronny. Um, the next question I have is from uh, Stuart Barnes. Um, mm-hmm. It's a tough one. So you'll have, to, you'll have to try your best with the answer. Um, in five years time, or just in the, in the coming years, who do you think will be the top five players, whether it's IPA or Ultimate?
1: I think they'll be the same players that they are now. Mm -hmm. I think that everyone's at an age where there's no one like in the 50s where you think, oh, they're going to pack up soon. I think that all the players that are at the top of the game now, the top eight to 12 players over both uh, IPA and Ultimate are going to be the same players in the next five years.
0: Yeah, I think that's a fair answer. I mean, you know, as you say, they're not at an age where they're disappearing. They're not going anywhere. And if they're going to be playing consistently, you know, like yourself, there's no yeah. reason they won't be the same people. Yeah. Yep, no, great answer. Um, keep your questions coming in, guys. Uh, you can put them through microbrewradio.com, or you can drop myself a message. Um, just search Dave Goldsmith on Facebook and pop it through there. Thank you very much. Um, we spoke a bit about your online content, and that's the next section we're going to move on to because obviously it's a big part of, of what you do. Um, and I think it's fair that you you say what you want on, you know, on this. Um, how did it, how did that get started? How did you take your Paul into going through that next step of going through the online content?
1: Um, well, I remember sitting at Birmingham um, at the, the Hilton at Birmingham. And I was in reception with, with Gaz and we we're speaking about a video. And then he said like, you need to get some content made up. And I was thinking, what, but there's a guy called Aaron, aaron the pool shark or aaron the pool coach you might be you might know him as on mm-hmm. facebook and yep. youtube and instagram and he's got around six million followers anyway he's a, he's a big basically a pool influencer and um he come over and he was doing work with ultimate Paul, and he spoke to gaz and uh, spoke to him about the online online uh stuff and gaz goes to me he goes, you need to start doing it so then another two or three weeks went by and he asked me again and i didn't do it again then in the end, I thought, I'm just going to get a tripod. So I bought a tripod and and started doing a few bits and bobs. And then in the end, I started posting every day. And I posted every day for seven weeks. Uh, no, for 10 weeks. 70 videos I posted before I got a viral video. And then once I got a viral video, then I, I seen like the, there was traction then on my accounts and they started to move quite quickly. Um, and I says to Aaron, um, my aim at Christmas the christmas just gone there was to get uh, 5000 followers on instagram and 10000 followers on tiktok and um uh, at christmas i was on 100000 on instagram and 50 odd thousand on tiktok so like i completely blew out whatever I, my ambition was um i completely blew it out of the water really and it it was it's it's tough it's not easy to do it and i know there is a lot of people out there trying to do it um but I feel that the the advantage that I've got over a lot of players is obviously I've one big event, so I've got the name behind the 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 platform. So I've got I've got that already. Where I'm not just a a random guy that's got a pool table in his garage or something that's trying to make content and is struggling to get going. I've got that name of oh that's Jack, so they know me anyway, which obviously massively helps me um but yeah it, I enjoy it and I feel like it's it's definitely a, a another string to your bow sort of thing where you can get revenue from that I can build my brand and I'll do coaching so that's another revenue stream so it's, it's all it all ties into one whereas when you don't when you're not active you don't get messages you don't so, so it's it's a catch22 sort of thing and when it's your full-time job you need to be doing it so. I feel like I'm going in the right direction. I can definitely get well I, I will get bigger uh, for sure. Um but it's uh, it is hard. It's very hard. It's hard to keep on making content, keep on making good content and people making like in a in a very wide market that there's a lot of people doing it. It's hard to to stand out from everybody else of oh, that's another pool player on TikTok to that's, like, former world champion. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it is hard, but I've just got to keep staying in my own sort of lane and and keep on trying to work as hard as I can to, to keep on growing.
0: Yeah, no, fair play to you, because, I mean, to keep up the content and to keep doing different things, I mean, it, it'd be easy to kind of do the same repetitive things, but to do different things over your content, it's great to see. And, I mean, the, the millions of views and the hundreds of thousands of followers that you have just goes to yeah. show that anyway um but no yeah i mean how how big do you think you can take it i'll de- i'll definitely get into the millions
1: definitely i've got around 300,000 now over my all my platforms i think that by christmas i'll i'll probably have maybe 500,000 I, I that i'm trying to like if i double where i'm at now to christmas and then the middle of next year, probably this time next year, I reckon I can get to a million.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a good target to have. Um, I mean, if you if you're on the socials and you and you're on TikTok and you come across Jack's videos or on Facebook, Instagram, just go and give him a follow, give him a like, give him a share. Um, let's get it out there. Um, yeah, thank no, you. Yeah, no, no worries at all. I mean, did you see when you started it? Did you see kind of it going this far, or did you did you at first think, oh, these uh, you know guys is telling me to give it a go. I'll give it a shot." Did you ever kind of envisage it being this big?
1: Um, No, I didn't. uh, To start with, no. But then when I seen it moving, then I I quickly realised that I underpitched what I was going to do. So I thought that 10,000 and 5,000 was like, oh my God. But then in the end, I was getting like, at one point on Instagram, I was getting like 3,000 followers a day for like two or three weeks at one point. It was crazy. The video, like I had like, I think I had three viral videos in one week out of seven and like into the millions and, and, and it was just going berserk every time. In the end now I have no notifications on any platform because it was just, my phone was just going crackers all the time. Yeah, I So I had imagine. to just turn everything off. And basically when I click on something now is when I see what I've got.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're obviously going to get tons of, of very nice messages and, and people praising you. Along with that, through the socials, every everybody knows everyone that's that's doing things on socials. There also comes you not so nice messages. That that is that is you know, kind of a general thing. Is that you know? Is that kind of water off the ducks back to you? Does it does it affect you? Because a lot of people, it does affect whether they you know whether they make out or not. Is it something that you just kind of get on with because of what you're doing?
1: For sure, like I get a lot of like. I, I, you can't swear so I'm not going to but <laughs> Thanks, you mate. get a lot of them people like and the, a lot of it is just jealousy you know like that, they tr- they want to be something that they can't be so they just want to put other people down and I, I get that so I, I get that it's just uh, another, it's so easy to write that's crap over that's brilliant I, or just don't comment There's, why would you need to do, why would you need to put somebody down and it's got worse than that even like slating your family and that sort of stuff when you when you've lost and stuff and then they like look i'm just a normal person trying to trying to make a living i don't mean to lose i'm not trying to like upset anybody if you don't like what i'm doing it's quite simple you don't need to look at it just don't watch me don't follow me you don't (laughs) but i get you get people that watch every video that that comment on everything saying how bad it is and you just think look at the end of the day, you're doing me a favor by commenting on it. That's the that's the way I look at it, but you've just got to get on with it. And you get them people in every, every walk of life that don't want to see people do well, and, yeah, and unfortunately, that's the sort of world we live in at the, at the minute. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, yeah, we just uh, I suppose it's yeah, as you say, the comments they help because of going on to your videos I, I don't know if it helps like the algorithms or however it, it does help
1: the algorithm yeah, yeah. so there we, there we go then so you you don't mind replying to them ones
0: keep the comments up guys good or bad <laughs> yeah, taken. that's it um
1: that's what i said to everyone like you comment even if you put like uh, uh, any anything <laughs> it doesn't make a difference anything's better than nothing
0: yeah no that's good um i've had a question come in um from somebody you've been uh, obviously playing with today mr gilbert Yeah, Um, he is asked what does local lad and uh, highly thought of Kyle Cope need to do um, to up his levels to be a top player?
1: I think that he needs to he's got the game for sure he's definitely got the game to become a top player and he's, he's got age on his side I think he needs to get that sort of maybe a little bit of a killer instinct in him I think he's a bit too like a little bit too soft with it. I think also it would help massively if he was to step away from local, um, local leagues and uh, competition that sort of way, and, and really like widen his his angle of he needs to be playing a lot better players and, and playing for, for me playing at like the dog and duck on a Wednesday night or a Thursday night or whatever it is. That's not helping him in any way. If anything, it's hindering him because he could actually be practising for two or three hours at the club on his own or with somebody. I live literally 15 minutes away from Potter's and I know I'm available as good as every day. Um, I book in the week before who I'm going to play the next week. So three or four days a week, I'm playing for four or five hours at a time. And going up to the George match, we play quite often, you know, two or three times a week and, and he, he played probably played the best he's ever played in that match. So he's, he's, he's definitely got it there. I think that he needs to be a bit more spiteful. I think he needs to sort of like separate himself maybe um, and sort of like just think being, playing in the local stuff, is that going to make me achieve what I want to achieve? Because I had to make the decision when I was, I was actually older than him. I was maybe like 20... What was I just got married? 28, 27, 27, So I was a little bit older than him. And like we had the best team in Derby, and we won all the doubles, and I'd win the singles or Lakin and 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 then we'd win the team and the cup and the super cup or whatever it was. And we just used to win on whatever. And and in the end I just go to sort of like they're all my mates more rather, rather than me actually playing. And in the end I said, look, I'm I'm done. He goes no, no, just sign on like, and we'll, we'll call you and we're sure. I says, no, I'm, I'm done. I'm not playing no more. And from that day, I've, I've not played anything locally and, and and I won't ever again. And I feel that that was the step that that I needed to take to then move to the next level. And even though I'd already won big events and I was already world champion at that point and, and all that sort of stuff, I feel that for you to play, you don't need to be going to pubs that you don't need to be going to and playing one frame and and then like getting abuse off people when you lose because oh I beat so and so like I'd go to a pub and oh I beat Jack Wheeler and he's crap and you're like mate like what what are you talking about really? Like you're playing in a local league, one frame anybody can win. You don't need to do that to, to prove any anything to anybody. I feel that for Carl to go to the next level that he just needs to step away from from uh, from local local leagues and, and really focus on himself and and be a bit spiteful, you know, because if you want to win, all, all of the top players separate themselves from from everything else, really. And just, you have to be selfish. And I think that because Kyle hasn't got that trait in him yet of, oh, I, I don't want to, like, upset my mates, he might get stuck into being 30 and still playing local league and still not winning anything big. And then all of a sudden, your time's gone. He's got the time now and he's young enough now to to be able to compete at a good level and I think that for him to to be playing like as much as he does play he needs to be he needs to be really focusing on himself rather than rather than a local league and that might upset some of his friends along the way but if they are his true friends then they will see the bigger picture and they will see that he's doing it to try and better himself,
0: yeah that's um some great points there and a great answer a good question thank you Dave Gilbert um, you came across perfect there in, in the response I think uh, I think Kyle will be will be glad to to kind of listen to that and I'm, I'm sure um, with the way his head is with Paul I'm sure it will take all, all on board as well so no that's very good um, thank you for that I'm going to move on to a little section we do kind of with everyone um, might be tough for you but and obviously I know you've been you've not really been playing much uh Team pool, you've had a lot going on with your online content, but we do a five-a-side every week with my guests. Yeah. Um, you are obviously number one in, in said five-a-side. You've got four players to pick to build your kind of dream team. We base it on players you've played with, um, so you're not just picking anyone. I'm sure you've probably played with most anyway, but um, yeah, I'll let you take the reins.
1: I could have like a 20-a-side, really.
0: Everyone's, everyone says the same, but I've got to be harsh. So.
1: um Maybe me, Gaz, Mick. Um, Probably, Farnsworth. Um, Oh God, there's like
0: ten players.
1: Oh, Mellin. I I, I don't. I don't know.
0: It's tough, isn't it?
1: Mellon, Cousins, Boyle. (laughs) You name it, there's, there's there's tons of players, mate.
0: Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to ask someone that's that, you know that's played with the majority. And obviously,
1: Appleton, I've played with like them, Jason Shaw. So I've played, i played obviously, like against all of the top players and all over the world, you know. So it's it's that's a tough one, that is.
0: Yeah. Um, a question I'd, I kind of wanted to ask. Um, yeah. The Moscone Cup is at is that something you've you've put thought into? Is that something you see yourself being involved in at any point? Or no, no,
1: no I don't play. Obviously, American pool. I, I played it actually. I played in a a match room ranking event in Scotland two week, three weeks ago. I lost in the quarterfinals of it. Um, but no, I'm not. Um, you have to travel around the world playing uh, to even begin to imagine how hard it is to get in that event. is is unbelievable you've got people like Chris Mellon that can't even get a look in. Um, so I'd, I wouldn't have a chance, to be honest, unless I literally like played American Pool full-time and travelled around the world. And I just haven't got... Look, I've got a wife and two little kids. Uh, I couldn't... Me going to China five times a year is enough and playing like maybe 15 or 20 English 8-ball tournament. I'm probably away maybe 30 to 35 weekends per year, as it is, never mind having to go all the way to America and playing for two, three weeks and then going to here, there and everywhere. So like when I went to Scotland to play in that event, um, all the players that played there then went straight to London and played in the UK Open that was just on there on Sky Sports. They then travelled back to wherever they live for a week and then they go to Spain next week, early next week, as uh, the Spanish Open starts. And then they're all going to America from there. So it's just a full-time a full-time job and not a full-time job but it's a full-time for your full family really and, yes. and I, I'm not in that position to uh, to be doing it so the answer to the Moscone Cup question is definitely not I won't be playing in that
0: No, that's fine thank you for the answer um, it was just something that obviously when, when you're speaking to the big names it's, it's a lot of people talk about the Moscone so it was something I was really intrigued and knowing um, but thank you for I the answer only,
1: I think the only way that it could maybe happen but it probably won't be the Moscone Cup is if they did like a crossover of English pool and American pool or American pool and Chinese pool, where they put a team, Great Britain in and I got a chance of playing in that sort of sense. But apart from that, no, I won't be playing for Europe. Not that I'd love to play, you know what I mean? But I'm not in a position and there's maybe 30 or 40 guys ahead of me that play full time. Never mind the people that don't play full time. So, you wouldn't like, like I say, Chris can't even get in. Um So it, it, it's, it's, it's tough. And look, it's an amazing event because it's going away from Paul a little bit. Now I think with the crowds and all that sort of stuff, it's going away from the, the aspect of whoever wins. It's basically just an event like the darts now. And it's just a case of everyone turns up and has a good time and Europe basically collect the winner's prize at the end.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, so we're going to talk about your, your biggest win and your biggest loss. And I know you mentioned earlier that the, you know, the BT, the pro cup was probably your biggest win, but um, is there anything else that kind of comes to mind maybe when you were younger and you were coming through, you know? Um,
1: I remember well, obviously when I won the Oracle tour, I won, I think it was three and a half or 4,000 then. And that was like twenty, fifteen, sixteen 15, 16 years ago. And that was a lot of money when I was 17. Um, but obviously, winning the World Championships was a big one, and but I won the Pro Series last year as well as the Pro Cup. I won Pro Series three, so that was obviously a big, a big monkey off my back, uh, winning the Pro Series because that was sort of like me moving over from the IPA to ultimate was a case of like, oh, these guys are moving over. Let's see how they really get on against the best players. And for me to win the third, the third tournament that I played in was obviously a big, a big weight off my shoulders really. And then obviously I've managed to win the the Pro Cup at Christmas on the one on BT and that was like for me I think that was the biggest the biggest title I've ever won even though it might not sound it for me it was the biggest being live on, on BT
0: yeah as we said earlier that's it's an incredible achievement you know you, you are coming up against the current best players including yourself and to come away with the is with the uh, it takes some going we're going to give you one of these there you go But then we are going to talk about your biggest loss straight after. Yeah,
1: yeah, my big. Well, I've had a few bad beats in my time, you know. Like, obviously, I've played the game now nearly twenty years, and I've had a few a few very bad losses. But I think maybe the worst the worst time I felt um, was when I was in China, two thousand say eighteen, maybe I think it was. Um, I lost in the final. Well, it was, like, the last 16 of the winners. Uh, uh, with the last 16. And I lost to um, a guy called Cheyenne Ching. He's, he won the World Masters when he beat Mikkel in the final of the star event. Um, and I was 12-10 up against him. And it was... um, and I, and I twitched the ball at 12-10 and I didn't get another chance. I lost 13-12. And, like, I literally cried my eyes out for, like went back to the hotel and I just sat there. Like I didn't know what to do or what to say to anybody or it was a massive match. And the, the, like the not so much the match that I lost, it was the map, the next match I was favorite in. And it was going to be live on TV in China, CCTV five. And there was chance for big deals and financially it cost me a, a lot of, a lot of money. And, um, I just sat in the reception and I was like, just, I just couldn't stop crying. I just, and, Gaz sat there and he goes, Jack, you're gonna have many, many more chances. Like, and I said, look, I get, I get that, but right now it's obviously stinging a lot. And in the end, uh, he said that, look, come on, let's go for a drink. And that's what you, the, you that's what you, the, when you need your family and, you, and your close friends around you, because at times like that, like I was just praying the plane would go down. Do You know what I mean? Never mind anything else. I just like I thought it was the end of the world, but looking back, obviously it was a bad. A bad mistake I made, and going forward, I wouldn't do it again. Obviously, I didn't mean to do it, but it happens when you're under pressure. And and yeah, that was probably the most, like, the biggest financial um, swing I've had, and that's what it. What it didn't hurt like at the time, the money didn't hurt me. Looking back, I think, wow, I could have done that, but I think it was more with the potential of me winning that match, uh, moving forward in the event. I would have been favourite in the next match on TV. You get deals, and it, look, it, it can seriously spiral in in China. They massively support the international players, and it could have it, it could have maybe changed my life in two thousand and seventeen or eighteen. I can't remember which year it was, but yeah, I, I missed the ball, and and that was that was probably like the biggest loss that I can remember. I've not really, I'm not really lost in any big matches from from a lot in front or i have not really lost in any matches that I should have won, in in deep deep in tournaments. Obviously, I've lost to people I shouldn't lose to, but when I get to the semis and finally, if I was a favourite, I would I've had more times go on to win it. I've never really threw anything away as such, but that's the one that sticks out in my head really, the the China one.
0: Yep. Yeah, okay. So obviously, a, an interesting story, um, and it is unfortunate, but everyone does make mistakes, and you know, I'm sure you've you've come back stronger and you've got a lot more to give in the coming years as well um
1: yeah like look that like looking back now it's it's crazy like but at the time obviously it meant everything to me and uh, I knew it was a massive opportunity that I just threw away that was the biggest thing because obviously I worked full-time then and if I was in that position now I'd just say look it's on to the next one but obviously it would sting a little bit but it, it's not the end of the world whereas at the time it was a chance to really get out of the Get out of out of the rat race really and i could have i could have got i could have got deals from on the back of that match alone so that one ball really yeah it cost me a lot of money but look you you can't look at it like that you just gotta look at it as you made a mistake and you gotta move on and 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 try your best again and that's all i all I can do really
0: yeah of course <clears throat> of course um is there any shout outs you'd like to give you know before we start wrapping up the end of the show um obviously I know you've got a few sponsors you've got your family this is your opportunity to just kind of you know have a few shout outs thank a few people
1: yeah obviously I've got all my family like my wife and kids that basically she just keeps the keeps the ship uh, sailing here really while I'm uh, doing what I like really I just practice when, when I want she never really obviously she moans a little bit sometimes but she doesn't moan at me for practicing or she knows that that's what I have to do so me going out to play and that even in going away to play and stuff like that and practice she she doesn't ever ever get angry at me she I can tell when I'm leading up to going to events that she changes a bit because obviously she knows that I'm going away for a little bit of time like I can tell that I'm going to China um in the next couple of weeks because well next week because I can sort of see it in a that she's like sort of saying, oh, you've got like five more days at home because I go to Blackpool on Thursday and I'm I'm away there till Sunday. Then when I come back on Monday, I go on Tuesday. So I can see her like that. But look, I couldn't do it without her and she means everything to me and the kids. Uh, Thanks to my, obviously, parents who was entering me and everything that basically I couldn't win when I was a kid. Um, Obviously, my current sponsors are Scott at Vindigo and I've got Sam and Cheryl at SCD Packaging. Tamworth Cues, Professional Heating Solutions and Time Billiards Like they obviously give me uh, a, a, a chance to play full time and I've obviously I've earned it myself by getting the big following and, 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 and really putting myself out there but obviously I appreciate the support that they give me as well and, and making it financially um, making me financially able to, to finish work and actually play full time
0: yeah, no, brilliant. Uh, great shout-outs, um, obviously. Yeah, you can't do it without your family and then your sponsors as well. I'm sure they've been brilliant for you. Um, in terms of sponsorships, obviously, our new sponsor here is, is Potter's, a club you use. Um, yeah. What do you make of the club? Do you enjoy it? Yeah, I do, yeah. like Obviously, the conditions are good
1: there and there's a good, like, obviously, Kyle plays out of there. So there's is, there's is good enough players and like lucky enough that Dave lets me play with him um, at snooker not much of a game for him like obviously but um, <laughs> I, I always try my best at anything I do so yeah it's obviously good and they the, the keep the, the clubbing the tables in as good a condition as anybody asks for they, they listen to the the punters and, and basically if they want a cloth a certain cloth like, they, they, they're doing a great job there and they've got a, a, a nice little club
0: there <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm sure they'll live. sure they'll lose. Oh, we've got a bit oh, of... Um, a bit. not sure what's not going sure on what's, there. Apologies at Apologies home for getting a bit of a remake before re- I speak. I speak. Um, are you still yeah, there, Jack? I'm just, sure. yeah. I'm just making sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah magic, I'm not sure magic. what's I'm going on sure. here. Yeah. But yeah, we are yeah, just yeah, wrapping are, up the show I'm anyway. Sure. Um, um, I'd just like to do a couple of like shout-outs myself. Firstly, obviously, to our sponsors, Potters. Potters the best club about Let's around here. Back, right. and, and as Jack says, as Jack they look says, after everything. After everything um, um, and they've looked and after us. And hopefully and we hopefully go on to have a great, to have a great, partnership, great partnership together. Um, um, so you guys keep so you up guys the good up up work up there. Up if there, you are about the Swadling area or in the um, Burton area and you want a game yeah, of pool, get, game of snooker, game a good laugh, up, get yourself get up, there. up there. got a competition on the 25th of June, which is a Sunday. If all of that has been taken up, then again, please just come up and support the club. My other shout-out is to shout my promoter, promoter, Mark Smith. Smith. Please visit he's his uh, is his website, website www.ukworldqsports.com. If, if you're into your snooker, you're into, you're into your, your pool, snooker. please join. Have a look. It's good stuff. Um, this coming Friday, we do have episode 11. It will be with Keith Rudin, a local Burton Ooh. player. Um, he's won a lot over the past. He's been playing a very long time. Please join us on Friday for that. Um, in the meantime, Jack, I'd like to say thank you very much for today. Um, it's been brilliant having you on the show. Uh, excellent to have you on, and I uh, wish you all the best in China.
1: Thank you very much, mate, and thanks everyone for listening.
0: No, excellent. Um, yep, yeah, thank you for listening at home, guys, and I hope you have a brilliant week. And we will speak to you Friday. And right now, that's us out. Cheers, Jack. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Thank you. This show is part of Microbrew Radio, Burton on Trent's community radio station. You can hear this and plenty of other shows over on microbrewradio.com find our app on the ios or android stores or just say alexa play micro brew radio and if you like what you hear please let us know on facebook instagram twitter and tiktok thanks